I see why so many podcasters do things like wear do-rags or hats or just some kind of covering to make it just easier to get to exactly what you want to do, which is record the information that I'm here to present to you. Adding this video element to the podcast has been quite the humbling experience. Brushing the back of my neck. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've done that before being painfully aware of all the B2Bs that I've got going on back there. And even though you're not seeing it, I'm very painfully aware of it now that I'm on camera. Anyway, welcome to another episode of the Small Chops Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be covering Chapter 9 of David Data's Intimate Communion. If you haven't yet, please reference Part 1 of Intimate Communion, where we cover Chapters 1 through 8. Chapter 9 was super important to me because it really focused on the feminine sexual essence. And the biggest reason I started reading this book is to gain a better understanding of how I can communicate, how I can have healthier relationships with women of a sexual feminine, of feminine sexual essence. And so join me as I break down chapter nine and give you a little bit of my ideas and thoughts. The chapter starts off with a quote that I found very impactful, and it says, yet there is only one way to truly magnify the inherent radiance of the feminine love. This made me be excited because I said, oh, finally, you're going to give me step by step directions on how to do just that, how to love a woman with a feminine sexual essence so that I can allow for that radiance to be you know, exuded, allow for that radiance to develop, to blossom, if you will. There was a story in the book about a Balinese family that David met. And at first he met the daughters who were all strikingly beautiful, undeniably beautiful. And he was pretty captivated by them. And that is until he met their mother. Now, the mother didn't have the kind of beauty that stopped traffic, but her radiance, her feminine radiance was really what captivated him and eventually took the attention away from the daughters. And he focused on the mother in a way that he didn't even pay attention to. He was drawn to her. He wasn't attracted to her, but he was attracted to the energy that she brought to the room, the way that she made him feel when conversing with everyone in that room, even if he wasn't talk, speaking directly to her. The way that she moved about was something that he really took note of. And that is the radiance that we're talking about here, that feminine sexual radiance. And when I say sexual radiance, I don't mean that he was turned on by her or that he sought to bed her or have sex with her or something like that. This is the kind of radiance from the point of view of the duality between the masculine and feminine energies. It was, a, it was a great reminder of how the feminine essence has very little to do with physical beauty. But in actuality, how that person makes you feel and you're noticing that person as they move about, you know, wherever they are. This next section talks about paths of growth through love. And the quote here says, we must learn to let go of our resistances to give love. Each of us will follow a different path of growth, but all true paths are of love. They are not to love. They are paths of love. Earlier today, I sat down with some really good friends and we spoke briefly about 
how we move in relationships, not only how, who we have been in our, in our past, but how we do so presently, what we've learned from our past uh, relationships and what we intend to correct or improve upon in our current and future relationships. And it's almost, it feels like strategy. It feels like we are strategizing on how to get the most out of the relationship without um, repeating some of the mistakes of our past or even engendering some of the reactions from our past partners. And having people around you who are doing something similar to you when it comes to, you know, trying our best to find and create, find suitable mates to create great relationships is something that should not be overlooked and something that we can all grow from. So shout out to you guys. and Thank you for being a part of my learning experience. There is some resistance there for me, though. There are times where I was in relationships and you want to just be right. You want to just love and speak to them as much as you can and you know, dedicate as much of your life to the relationship as possible. But that may not always be healthy for the relationship itself, even without thinking about two individual people in that relationship. Sometimes my relationship, sometimes my relationship can be a distraction from the things that I need to be doing in my life. A welcome to distraction. I have no qualms about preferring to speak to my partner over you know, having to file taxes or returning a phone call that I'm kind of dreading or listening to a very, very long voice note sent by a friend. It is something that I do enjoy and something that I think is a healthy part of my day to day, but it also needs to have its space. And those resistances, I think, can be healthy because you don't want to just dive in to how you feel and what you feel and just do from feeling as the masculine sexual essence essence person in my particular relationship. I know that leadership is one of the characteristics that I have and that I look forward to developing and in that I need to make sure that I'm prioritizing not only my partner, but the relationship and what I need to do to make sure that the relationship is heading in a direction that I can be proud of. The growth, the self-growth that I've gone through by being more aware, by being more open to criticism by my partner to being more sensitive to how my partner may feel and how I feel in reaction to how my partner feels. These are all parts of that particular growth that I think you can only have or you can only experience when in relationship, especially loving relationship. When you're actually trying to be a better person, there are things that may not be congruent with that desire to be better. So, prioritization is super important. Whereas in actuality, sometimes you just want to, you know, forget the world and, and couple up with your person and watch movies all day or, you know, eat ice cream all day, whatever it is, but making sure that you're setting time and setting your priorities is one of those growth lessons that I'm really happy to not only have learned early in my life, but to surround myself with other people who understand the value of prioritization as well. I have a note here that says love is not just the destination, but woven into the journey itself. I think that's really beautiful because love isn't something that personally 
begins at one point or another in a relationship. Love is a day-to-day decision. So though you may have been with a person for a week or a year, there's no, there's no reason to withhold letting them know that you love them. If you do plan on loving them, if you do plan on being part of a loving relationship, I don't think there's any reason to withhold telling your partner that you do love them and that this is something you choose to do on a day-to-day basis. And you're working towards making the relationship a loving one that both can grow from fertile soil. I love the plant and, and garden analogy when it comes to relationships, because there are many things that you have to remove before those seeds are planted. And I didn't know that until I had my first garden. When you're tilling the soil, you're tilling it to remove all of those burdens for the roots. So any big stones that make it really difficult for roots to reach down and, you know, get a good base for the plant is vital. And I think that this speaks about that. Not only is it that you're going to have a finished garden, that's not when love begins. Love begins as soon as you decide that, hey, this garden is where I'm going to put my effort towards. So there's no reason to start loving your garden once you have your first tomato or once your sunflower starts you know, growing. It is important to know that the love that you're actually putting into that garden has started as soon as you decided that that garden is where you want to put your effort. This next quote was really interesting because I think it's something that you don't think of. I don't think of as a person that revels in his masculine sexual essence. I've never been um, super interested in how I look. I know that I want to be presentable and even the effort that I'm taking to be presentable is something that I learned way later in life. I don't remember if I heard this from someone else. I could have made it up on my I could have made it up myself, but no one is looking for precious stones inside, you know, dingy cardboard boxes. You would assume or you would imagine that somebody that is put together will also have something of value outside of their physical appearance. And if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not grooming yourself regularly, if you're not buying clothes that fit, if you're not putting effort into your presentation, there's no reason for somebody to think to bypass the presentation and expect there to be something of value within. If there's something of value, it is going to be exemplified from the inside out, right? As above, so below is a quote that I think about when it comes to personal self-care. And if I care enough to work on my heart, to work on what I want to be in a relationship, I also have to present those thoughts. I have to present myself in a way that a partner can be proud of. And the quote is, in general, the more feminine a person's sexual essence is, the more he or she will desire to be noticed as attractive. This is a natural sign of a more feminine sexual essence. And I don't think that this is saying someone needs to be, someone is feminine or someone is acting feminine because you want to take care of your physical appearance. I think it has to do more with the desire to be found attractive. And that can be a healthy feminine trait that both masculine and feminine people have that need to be acknowledged. That need for validation on a certain level is universal. I think as a human being, we all seek validation of one from our peers and two from our loved ones. I don't think that that is only a female thing. I don't think that's only a male thing. I don't think that's strictly feminine. And I don't think that is 
ab- ab- absence of feminine essence as well. You want to present yourself in a way that is attracting those that you want the attention from, but also representing representative of those who you've chosen to surround yourself with. I want to be a good representation for my friends and for those that have chosen to spend their time, effort and love on me. I am not only representative of myself. And even if I'm single again, those friendships that I have, I want to make sure that I'm doing right by them by presenting myself in a way that they can be proud of. Switching gears a little bit, going further in the book, it talks about the masculine essence and how there's a part of the book that talks about the feminine essence as well and how raising those two essences, it's really important to give someone that has a feminine sexual essence at a young age the tools in which to blossom as a feminine being and the same for the masculine. But I wonder, especially in my household and many people that have grown up in inner city homes, especially in the U.S., where in that household that is led by a mother does the essence of um, a masculine child get praised or get encouraged inside the house? Now, outside of the house, maybe they're into sports. Maybe they have a guidance counselor at school that's helping them. But inside of the house, I think it's really important for parents to understand and acknowledge that both essences cannot be encouraged in the same way and both essences very much need to be encouraged. So when a young boy is acting out and they are becoming a preteen or their hormones are going or they're feeling like life is unfair or whatever is happening to them, there needs to be an understanding there and not a desire to quell that young boy's frustration or, you know, put your foot on that kid's neck so that they get in line or that they act how you want them to act. That understanding and that empathy is really important for both. And in the feminine essence person, it's really, under, it's really important to understand that their desire to be accepted, their desire for acceptance and for approval is so strong that they will do sometimes what's against their natural essence in order f- to gain that approval. So for a young girl who is looking for the acceptance and the praise from, from her parents, if she's given a book or she's giving sports, she's going to want to excel in those, in those uh, matters. So she's going to want to be the best sports player she can be, soccer player, swimmer, whatever it is. And if scholastics is what she thinks her parents are going to be most proud of, she's going to want to excel in that. She's going to excel in business. She's going to want to excel in so many of these topics that are very much masculine focused and at the detriment of her feminine sexual essence. So I think it's really important for us to really, really focus in on that. And understand that, first of all, we don't understand and then pick up what we can from those of us that have done the the work or that are doing the work that are finding out how we can we can fertilize and support those seeds. Yeah, there was a quote in the book that spoke on what each what each person was focused on in a relationship. Something that the book has taught me is that someone that has a feminine sexual essence is very much focused on the quality of their relationship. This was really interesting to me and noteworthy because I've noticed that as much as I've researched and as much as I've read about the the dynamics between the masculine and feminine energies, so much of what I've learned has come from 
the basis of feminine essences. Now, when somebody that has a feminine essence like Esther Perel is, you know, talking about a relationship or is talking to two people in a relationship and giving advice, it's really, it's really vital to understand that even though she's giving great advice and she's speaking on behalf of the masculine person, she still has a predominantly feminine essence. And I don't think that at least I haven't found anyone that has the type of communication style or the experience or reach that Esther Perel has. And, but from a a more masculine point of view, I did a deep dive on the Gottmans, the two doctors who are married and who have extent have, have done extensive research on the state of, you know, relationships and masculine feminine essences. And I've even found that he has a feminine basis for relationship as well. And, or I would say more feminine than, than my particular basis. So I wasn't really able to connect with him in a way that I was seeking to. And it felt more along the lines of having that, I don't know, that feminine essence. I don't know how else to say it, but I'm really looking. And you know, if I'm lucky enough to be representative of that, I hope that I can accurately represent and speak from the masculine point of view in order to really understand how to make these sexual dynamics more fluid, more enjoyable for both partners. But most important, there needs to be an understanding of both partners from both partners. So there's so many instances where those of a masculine essence need to understand and learn about the feminine essence. But I hope that there is a reciprocation as well and that people are really doing the work in order to make sure that both parties are learning as much as they can in order to have a fruitful relationship. The next quote was found on page 167. And I'm smiling because this quote was super cool. It says, his whole life is colored by how his mission is going. Whereas for the woman with a feminine sexual essence, her whole life is colored by how her intimate relationships feel. Direction and production, I think, is something that is super vital to anyone that has a masculine essence. And when you're getting into a relationship prior to solidifying what you have to bring to this world, there is a, there is a, a bifurcation of sorts, right? On one hand, that masculine person really wants to contribute to the world. They really want to figure out their purpose. They want to figure out what they're here to provide. They want to, we, we talked about this earlier in the art of loving, how the masculine essence wants to, or I guess all humans, all people want to rise above themselves. The feminine essence can do that because they can give birth to a child. So that child and the child and the children beyond them are going to exist beyond that person. So they are kind of superseding their limits as a human being. But as a man, your production is super important because not only is it, is your ego based on what you can provide for this world, but you also want to surpass your limits And that has to do with contributing to the world in a way that affects others in a positive way. So when you want to learn to love and when you want to engage in a loving relationship, it takes away from that purpose. Sometimes, sometimes some of your, your resources are limited on a day to day basis. And you do have a person in your life that wants your attention, that is vying for your time and your effort and your energy. And if you're blessed enough to have somebody that is going to support and not only support it from the outside, but really get down in the weeds with you 
and figure out or help you figure out or support you in your personal figuring out of whatever you have to offer to this world. Oh man, nah, that's, that's somebody you keep for life for sure. That's somebody that isn't um, taking away from you, but adding value to you by just believing in you first and foremost. And I think that that feminine essence when it comes to fertilizing ideas, just like how they do children, the idea that a man has can be really watered and supported. I don't know. I don't know what other words to say. It can be really supported by the essence of a feminine person. I wrote here in my notes beyond a man's life being colored by his focus. If this man is stuck for whatever reason, all aspects of his life suffer until he moves beyond that challenge. This makes me think of momentum and how vital it is that a partner helps continue the onward movement and not try to hinder or redirect that um, focus of that man or that, yeah, that man. It is to the benefit of the relationship and both parties involved when that man has overcome some kind of challenge together with their partner, when there is some kind of block or some kind of stagnation, that stagnation, that stagnation affects the entire relationship because that's all that man can think about. And when he can move beyond that and we can move beyond that and give credit to both him and his partner, I think that really helps solidify the bond that they have moving together. Not only is her support important and vital for his growth, but her mistrust can be equally as damaging as good as her support can be. Her mistrust can be very damaging to not only the relationship, but his momentum. Let's see if I can find the notes that I had about here. Here's the quote. Before I have the quote, it says, the support of a feminine person's, the support of a feminine person for the masculine person's endeavors is amazing. Quote, a great gift. The feminine mistrust of the masculine's direction can be a devastating source of depolarization and tension. We talked about that previously and how that polarization between the two sexual essences creates tension that makes for a beautiful, beautiful relationship that makes for desire that makes for uh, just all kinds of magic when it comes, when it comes to both parties, it says, it goes on to say, to tell a man with a masculine essence that he is lost has the same depolarizing effect as telling a woman with a, fe- a feminine sexual essence that she is drab, wrinkled, or not very radiant, right? So that mistrust in his direction or his decision is not only damaging to you know, whatever you guys have going on in the moment, but it has long-term damaging effects on how he's perceived and how he believes you may be perceiving the relationship. And it's super important to know time and place, right? Even if you do disagree, so just let them be lost for a little while until they figure out, you know, until they're, they are, you know, mature enough to ask for directions or until they put their ego to the side to say, hey, you know what? I need your help. I think it's super, super important for both parties to understand that. Only not only for the for the woman to understand, but for men as well, because if we know that about ourselves, we are quicker to return to the relationship and ask for help. And for the woman, it's easier 
because she gives him the space to come to that understanding on his own. According to the book, and this is probably the most impactful part of this book for me, this is the part that I've learned. This is the part I learned the most because I've done it wrong so many times. And it says, according to the book, choosing words by the masculine will never be as effective as choosing the tone that the feminine can respond to positively. So let's keep going. The quote says, the feminine invites the masculine away from the heady world of good points and articulated examples and into the feeling world of tangibly transmitted mood and touch. This is extremely important, specifically when we're arguing about something or when we're going through some kind of disagreement. For me, I move into an analytical, how does she say it? What did the, David describes it as uh, the heady world of good points and articulated examples. Oh, when it comes to analogies in relationships, I'm the master at trying to bring analogies for there to be an understanding. And these points are letting me know that the mood and the feeling and the tone are way more important than the best analogy I can come up with to convey what I'm thinking or articulate how, you know, what my point of view is. It is more important for the feminine essence that there is a tone in a mood of either light heartedness, playfulness, or a reminder that love is still here. I can get very cold when I am in disagreement or when I am upset about something and not only cold, I can get distant. And I think the book talks about how that can be um, perceived as abuse because I am withdrawing my love from the relationship. And now the feminine essence is feels a little unsafe or feels unsure. And when that essence feels unsure, she turns her masculine essence up a little bit to protect her feminine essence. And so if I'm pulling away and I'm feeling a little distant, she turns up her masculine essence. And so she's okay with the distance and she doesn't try to resolve the distance either, which makes me in turn, turn my masculine essence up. And so we're both pushing away from each other. And there is a loss of that, of that understanding that love is still here. The book says, The feminine hears, sees, and feels through the body. No matter what he thinks he is communicating through his words, what she is receiving is the message of his body and his emotional tone. Ooh, Lord. Page 173 and 174. You could write a book on those two pages on their own. In my mind, these two pages were the core of this book and everything else was written around those. It was uh, a very difficult understanding especially because I didn't come from a household that had arguments about, right? I didn't see my mother arguing with her partner or I didn't see adults period going through those hard times in relationships. So I had no idea how to deal with that, but I knew I would react to my feelings. And if I was feeling distant or misunderstood, there was no reason for me to continue in a loving manner because I felt either disrespected or unloved or slighted in any way. And I think that this contributed to there being breaking of communication. And I think the power lies in both parties, the masculine and the feminine, but it is easily resolvable in my life 
when a feminine person, when she stays in her feminine, is okay with being vulnerable with me and tries to get me out of that protectiveness and out of that protective cage that I might have gone back to, right? So when she comes to pull me into the world of feelings, because I'm in the world of, of heady and art and articulated words and anecdotes and stories and things like that. When she wants to bring me back into her word of, of uh, her world of mood and touch, that is super helpful. And as I get older, I'm stepping out of myself in those situations and reminding myself that even if I'm articulating myself and I might be a little brash, I can be a little cold. Touch means a lot. That connection means a lot. My mood may not be the brightest of moods, but a gentle touch is communicating that I am still that person that you knew before we got into this argument or this disagreement. And I think that that really, really, really works in favor of both parties resolving the issue quickly. I enjoy the point in the book where it says the feminine loves with feeling, the masculine loves with action. In this case, for the feminine to show the masculine love, she does so through, she does so physically. And for the masculine to show love to the feminine, he does so feelingly. Articulating feminine feelings doesn't often lead to understanding or resolution. Her sitting down with me and articulating in a way that I can receive it doesn't mean that it's resolved and doesn't mean it makes her feel any better. In this, in this vein, you can't contain the ocean any more than a woman with a, femi- with a feminine sexual essence can contain her emotions. Fem- feminine essences can be betrayed by masculine, creates fear when he remains in his masculine and doesn't lean into his feminine essence more. So when we're in disagreement and I don't remember to stay at least partially in contact with my feminine essence and I revert to my masculine essence, that doesn't help any situation. And that could make that could trigger her to get into her masculine essence, as I said before. But instead, either ideally both parties remember their feminine essence. Her maybe a little quicker than he does, but for both parties to remember that feelingness, right? That connectivity, that mood and tone, that touch is always gonna help the resolution of any disagreement or even if it's not the resolution you both can move through that disagreement because some won't some won't have resolutions some disagreements will stay disagreements but that doesn't mean the entire relationship has to hang upon that being resolved sometimes you can have unresolved issues in a relationship and still have a healthy and prosperous relationship so both parties staying in contact with that feminine essence will be extremely important. This is the first time we've referenced 50-50 relationships since the beginning, part one of this intimate communion review, breakdown, discussion, whatever you want to call it. But the 50-50 relationship really leaves the feminine unfulfilled. There's a hole in her heart, the need for more, but the feminine essence doesn't know what she needs more of. What she needs more of is, is love. We started this chapter with that and we're ending this chapter with that love and how to do it is still beyond me when it comes to doing it well properly. I guess we just have to figure out which ways we can do it that works for the relationships that we're in and constantly build towards improving 
how you can love more and how arguments are fine. I don't think we ever want to reduce the amount of arguments, but how we can move through arguments a little faster to get resolution, to gain an understanding and to remind each other that we are in this together and we're doing this from a loving space. Remember, the feminine loves with feeling. The masculine loves with action. It's all about embodying love in a way that resonates with your essence, about being true to the rhythm of your own heart. And for those of us who stumble, who withdraw, who dance around the edges of our relationship, it's a call to step back onto the dance floor with the fullness of our essence and love once more with feeling. And there we have it. A seamless mix of insights and anecdotes stirred and served in the only way we know how straight from the heart with a side of soul. Keep simmering all those thoughts and I'll be back to dish out more on the next episode of the small chops podcast. Stay true to your essence and let love be your guide. Peace.